Hey everyone, it's Henry, aka Cairo. Here to remind you to check out the care warnings and transcript in the episode description. Grab a nice hot drink and have a safe listen. Mithail presents Circe's. Episode 25, Reflection I was digging through some of the old files Cairo had been given by Matthew. I stumbled upon a rather old one, written back in 1984. I doubt this one actually belongs here, but I decided to take a peek nonetheless. The statement was taken from a patient called Maxwell. It seems he was born back in 1961 and institutionalized in 1983, a year before his disappearance. Interestingly enough, I looked through our entire database and I couldn't find anything matching Maxwell, no matter how many times I tried to spell it out. The document itself is not helping much either. It has been crudely written with parts of the text crossed out ruthlessly with a black ink pen. I wonder what they're trying to hide from us. All right. Discovered statement from patient called Maxwell. Last name unknown. Recorded on the 2nd of May, 2023 by Elias Emanuel Short, therapist in training at Sunshine Valley Mental Institution. My face is wrong. I know what you're going to say. How can your face be wrong? It must just be some funky trick of the light or a gap in your memory you're trying to fill with a face that surely isn't yours. But I assure you, it is nothing like that. I know my own face. I know I do. This face has grown with me since my first day on this earth. And no doctor stamping some diagnosis on it is going to change the fact that I have not gone mad. I have spent countless hours in my teen years staring at my face in the dimly lit living room mirror my dad had hung there when I was just six years old, two days after we had moved into this place. He never told me why we had to pack up our entire lives and move from Sweden into the crowded streets of Copenhagen, Denmark, but that hardly matters now. Suggesting that all the move had led to was a newly hung mirror in a rundown apartment in Copenhagen sounds like misinformation. But the mirror plays an important part in what I'm about to tell you. All of it eventually just boiled down to me telling you again that I have not gone insane. Do you understand? You treat me like a pig for slaughter and I will not take it. I have not lost my mind. You are all just looking for some excuse to keep me locked up. And you know what? You can simply... Um. The rest of the page has been damaged by some sort of liquid, but I think it had all been blacked out even before that. This is not the last document, though. 
Let me find the other. Mm. The next one seems to have been written a few days before his disappearance. It has been stapled together with a police report. Even that has been censored by this dark ink, so it doesn't give me any more leads as to who Maxwell could be, but it reads as follows. Who is the man before me in the mirror? He stares so intensely at me, following my every movement to a T, yet I do not recognize who stands before me. His face is that of his own, and no matter which mirror or reflection I catch a glimpse of, I see the same unfamiliar man staring back at me. Do you ever stop to think that we have never truly seen our own face? All you will ever know of is some imitation, always backwards. You can stare at it all day and you still won't have the slightest idea of what others see when their eyes fall upon you. That person is unbeknownst to you. A stranger you happen to share the same meaty prison with. Is he you? What makes you so sure that the eyes that meet yours in the glassy reflection are really the ones that rest on your face? You can spend hours trying to logically tell yourself that it must be so, because who else would be staring at you when your eyes catch a surface that reflects you? I used to be able to deny this string of thoughts, but somehow it was always there in the back of my mind when my eyes met with the people around me. What do they see when they look at me? I never really dared to ask because I know they would look at me with such confusion and wonder what a weird thing that is to ask someone. They would probably tell me to go look in the mirror or laugh it off like a silly joke and paint me a crude image of the features upon my face. They would describe my blue-green eyes and almost ginger hair but never comment on the shape of my eyes, mouth and face. Their painting would be not clarifying enough for me. I would spend long hours as a child sitting before the mirror in my dad's living room. He had bought it from some thrift store down the road and decided to give it a new home holstered upon the living room wall. Who has a mirror hanging in their living room? The frame was tainted with golden paint which had probably decorated the whole frame once, but had worn down to just blotches here and there. The glass itself had a damaged corner on the left side, which distorted a part of the mirror ever so slightly. There were permanent black spots around the edges that wouldn't scrub off no matter how hard you tried. The mirror formed a big part of my childhood and early teen years. It forced me to face the young boy that looked back at me in the mirror. The boy in the mirror was always what I assumed to be me. At least, that was what my father told me when he saw my eyes glued to the glass surface. He would chuckle with a shake of his head, move in beside me and point at the young boy in the mirror and tell me, That's you, son. You're growing ever so fast every day. He would pat my head as he moved away from the reflection, making his way to the armchair he had pushed into the far corner of the room. I found myself getting in the habit of pressing my small hands against the glass and pushing just a tad harder every time I tried. 
Somewhere in my small brain, I was certain that the boy in the mirror wasn't me, but simply someone imitating me, in fear of revealing what the mirror really held behind its reflective surface. I would lay awake in my bed at night and imagine the world's unknown hidden just within plain sight of me. Yet, on my darkest nights, I would wonder what kind of dark world that must be if the boy was pushing me ever further away from it. Was there a way to save him, or would I one day walk past the mirror to find that there was no one there, just a blank surface? When did this fear begin? Was it the first time I caught a glimpse of what was supposedly my face, or was I just content with it at first? Content with accepting the explanation I was giving by the ones who are supposed to be wiser than me. However, as I got older, I started to wonder if maybe I had just cracked some code, or perhaps it was all some well-kept secret that everyone around me was in on. Do they laugh at me when I'm not around? Pointing their fingers behind my back, talking about the fool that still believe the man in the mirror is the man he calls himself. keeps me up as of late. The idea of the world being against me and none of it being what I've been taught to believe it was. Will my dad really do that to me? I can't trust anything anymore. I need to stop them from screaming. The second note doesn't really bring much more light into the situation. The name Maxwell doesn't ring a bell at all. I have my suspicion that Maxwell is a cover name, but why would anyone want to hide these? It's just another patient with what I assume is emotionally unstable personality disorder, which is formerly and most commonly known as BPD. Many of my patients with borderline problematics share common thoughts of extreme doubt. I would suppose a diagnosis like that wasn't handled as well back then. I have a hope that the last few pages that have been left in here will maybe explain why this has been tampered with. There must be a reason. The first time he looked wrong, the very first time they ask, why can't they understand that it just doesn't work that way? He just always looked wrong. His eyes aren't mine, they just can't be. I know that my eyes go dark when he's close as well, but he must be out to get me for he isn't me. I smashed the mirror they placed on my wall. I could feel him taunting me when I caught a glimpse of the reflection, so I tried to kill him. I wanted to push my hands through the surface and strangle him so the life behind his cruel eyes dissipated into dust. His body is a matter of nothingness. I would daydream about murdering the man who pretended to be me, wondering if he would keep that stupid mocking expression when I was standing over his dead corpse. I would have days where I wondered if I'd just lost my mind. The possibility was always there. If it hadn't been for the day he suddenly stopped copying me, I would have started to believe it too. That night, when I caught his gaze in the mirror, my eyes were buried in his. I sighed, expecting his expression to match mine, but something was wrong. 
He didn't sigh, he just smirked. I rubbed my eyes rapidly, yet when I met his gaze again, everything was back to normal. I tried to brush it off. Denial can keep you sane for a certain amount of time. I avoided the mirrors that kept being placed around my room. For some reason, the ones I smashed were always replaced with yet another one just as haunting as the one before it. You can run and hide for as long as you can muster, yet escaping all the reflections that appear out of thin air is another challenge I never thought I would have to face. Me running away from him only fueled a hunger inside him. No matter where I looked, the face that should have been mine smiled back at me. It was not the kind of welcoming smile I would often offer the staff when they passed me by in the hallway, but a sinister smile that said all I needed to know. He had deemed me his prey, and he wouldn't rest until he saw the light behind my eyes fade into nothingness. That's when I came up with a plan that changed everything about the situation I had found myself in. The new mirror that had been placed against one of the walls within my room stood proud as I entered that night, daring me to peek into the reflective surface. I knew he would be waiting for me, plotting his next move as he copied my motions down to the unintentional sway of my little finger. His eyes had a hint of solid black near the inner corner, which spread across his waterline, dripping onto the skin beneath it. The color overtook any hope that the being could hold any semblance of me, any sign of the man I thought I was. Were my memories fake? When you think about it, how can you be sure any of it ever happened? You have no proof but an image on paper, yet there isn't a way you can prove the person portrayed on that dead piece of forest was ever the one to have this face. Many people look alike, you know. That's what makes us all a tad uncanny. Maybe I had always been the reflection. Was I watching him go about his life beyond the glass of my mirror? Maybe I am him and he is me. Yet he's not and nor am I for he can't be me when I observe him. Yet he and I share the same face so maybe I'm just a branch of him. He's the tree, and I am simply one of his ever-growing branches. His hands presses against the glass, the palm of his hand flat, leaving a print against the surface. Yet no matter how many times I swipe over it with my sleeve, the print won't rub off. Then I stop, because he is him, and I am me. I cannot rub his print off, for I'm not him, and it wasn't my hand that touched the glass. No, it was him. His hand touched the inside of the glass where mine won't go. Or maybe it will, for he reached a hand through. Or at least I think he did. His fingers were slender, and I don't think mine were ever that long. Or was mine slender, and his weren't. Is he me, who is actually him? Who am I? So many questions. The door is open, and I think I'm supposed to go through it. 
I doubt that I should, for he isn't me. It isn't my home. Yet maybe it is. The walls are painted a forest green, just like the ones that keep me here. What is up and what is down? If I jump, do I reach the floor at last? Are you truly you, or are you me? That's what you must find out. What really lies behind the mirror? Only time will tell. Time. Older or younger, you or me, we. We must follow. Mustn't we all follow? There's a man in my mirror. His fingers are his but mine. I reached out. I need to know the man inside the mirror. I really don't know what to make of this. It's the first time I've been unable to trace down a patient. I might have to get another perspective on this. And I know just who to ask. Uh, where did you find this? It was tucked in between some of the sessions Matthew gave me. I had a closer look at it because this one seemed out of place. Apparently, it is way older than any of the other ones. Huh. Did you already read it? Yes, but it didn't make much sense. It just left me feeling uneasy and with more questions than answers. Hmm. Did you take a sample of the blood yet? No. I, I was scared it would turn Matthew's attention to us. I have a feeling that I wasn't supposed to see this in the first place. Ah, sounds about right. That is why this all stays between you and I. Understood? <laughs> yeah, yeah, understood. We have to know what else might have been hidden from us. I think something truly messed up has happened here. This place has been around for a really long time. Yeah, I I guess that means it's up to us then, doesn't it? Historical investigation. Count me in. <laughs> Welcome on board, partner? Righty-roo. First up, we'll be sending these off to sample the blood. I'll uh, get it done in no time. Perks of being a manager. Wow, you're really starting this off by rubbing the fact that you stole the job I wanted in my face. <laughs> Perfect. Well, we should also check out the archive that we have under the local library. Seems I need to get my papers renewed then. I will hurry to send this to the lab before my break is over. Keep it low-key, ginger ale. Aye aye, Captain. <laughs> <clears throat> Back to work with your matey. <laughs> Cersei's is licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial Sharealike 4.0 International License. This episode featured Alexander Baumer as Elias Short and Henry Johannesson as Cairo Timur. It was audio edited by El Sari and Henry Johannesson and manuscript edited 
by Rita Bauner and Jay Jacobson. And it was written by Alexander F. Bauner. Like what we do? Tell your friends and loved ones about our show, or support us on our Ko-Fi by buying some art or donating whatever you feel comfortable with. Want to get to know us? Follow us on our social media or join our public Discord server. All the links are in the episode description. Thank you for listening.